Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. Regular listeners to these little outings will know my opinion that Hollywood producers are always on the lookout for a shortcut when it comes to making a few honest bucks out of movies. Hence their touching reliance on new trendy stars or new trendy genres or obvious relevance to today's issues or whatever. And if all else fails, the quickest shortcut is to repeat a previous hit. Emma. Mr. Knightley. This is your doing. She is the natural daughter of nobody knows. Sorry, Upon my word. But even the dimmest Hollywood big shot knows that it all comes down to the story, old or new. In fact, books have been written, many, many books, to reveal the secrets of the successful story. But while the story is undoubtedly key, it's not enough on its own. I'm here to tell you about the 11 men who lived. Who survived that fire. The 11 men who fought back against their deadly fate. Just as important is who's telling it. There's nothing worse, as that hugely successful screenwriter William Shakespeare once put it, than a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Boy meets girl, the who done it, look out behind you. All these cast-iron formulae only work if the filmmaker's up to the job. We're only interested in one thing. Can you tell a story, Bond? Can you make us laugh? Can you make us cry? Can you make us want to break out? Enjoy a song. Is that more than one thing? Okay. Devil on a canvas, 12 apples, take one. Just having trouble getting started. Wallace Beery, wrestling picture, what do you need, a roadmap? Unsurprisingly, most budding writers go for the story idea that seems least trouble. And no genre is more appealing to filmmakers of a certain age, gender and ethnicity than the American Western. The classic Western plot seems entirely set in stone. One man against the bad guys, often coming down to a simple decision to do the right thing or the easy thing. I think you better go while there's still time. It's better for you and it's better for us. Amy. I mean it. If you won't go with me now, I'll be on that train when it leaves here. I've got to stay. Well, the Western died out about the same time as those certainties fell out of favour in the United States. In fact, looking at some of the heroes of films like High Noon, Stagecoach or Shane, most would be unlikely to get a job today. The villains, on the other hand, the bankers, the ranchers and politicians, would probably now be worth billions. Here's the payroll, Mr Gatewood. You know, ever since I opened this bank, I've been trying to tell those people to deposit their payroll six months in advance. It's good, sound business. Good business for you, Mr. Gatewood. Sir, there's your receipt, $50,000. And remember this, 
What's good for the banks is good for the country. Nevertheless, the appeal of westerns remains, despite the repeated failures of attempts to revive them. And the latest stars an actor who, 50 years ago, would probably be making nothing but westerns. Everyman star Tom Hanks. It's called News of the World. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd, and I'm here tonight to read the news from across this great world of ours. News of the World is a pretty fair attempt by British director Paul Greengrass to tell a version of, for many people, the greatest Western of them all, John Ford's The Searchers. Also out this week is the latest of a popular, newer genre, the lesbian costume drama. On the heels of The Favourite, Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Colette comes Ammonite, starring the dream team of Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. I want this to be different. Our different must make your husband very happy. Who cares? Oh, please don't make fun of me. Roddy is content with his life. He's very content. And because of you, he now has a proper interest that takes up most of his time. Make it sound so neat. But first, is there any story more well-established, in the States at any rate, than that of the American dream? The latest telling is called Minari. Minari is that rare thing, an American film strongly touted to win a Best Foreign Language Academy Award. It's directed by Korean-American filmmaker Lee Isaac Chung, and it's the lightly fictionalised story of his parents, who came to the States in the early 80s, moving out to Heartland, Arkansas. This is a deliberate move by head of the family, Jacob, played by The Walking Dead, Stephen Yun. He wanted to get away from the Korean communities of the big cities to stand on his own feet. It seemed the American thing to do. David, look! They're weevils! Weevils? Where are they? Jacob and his family, wife Monica, children Anne and David, can only afford a mobile home parked on the tract of land he bought along with it. Jacob has a dream to grow vegetables, specifically Korean vegetables, to service the Korean community in California. The title, Minari, is actually the name of a distinctively Korean-flavoured herb that grows in the wild. But to maintain the garden, Jacob and Monica have to work part-time. They work most days at a chicken farm, and the stress of two jobs tells on the couple, leading to perpetual arguments to the distress of their children. Twelve-year-old Anne manages to cope, but seven-year-old David, a film-stealing performance by first-time actor Alan Kim, has more difficulty, particularly when the parents come up with their solution to the problem, to bring Monica's hard-case mother over from Korea. Cookie 
As played by Korean star Yoo Jong-yoon, Monica's mother is every Asian grandmother cliché tipped on its head. She doesn't cook. She swears all the time. She plays cards with the kids for money. Young David is horrified, particularly when he discovers Grandma is going to sleep in his room. I don't like Grandma. Grandma smells like Korea. Yeah. Grandma smell? She smells of Korea, wails David. And much of the story of Minari is the tug between the old and the new. Jacob wants to embrace the new world. He wants as little as possible to do with his old life, particularly the hold that Korean Christianity has on his wife. But he soon realises that the church is an equally important part of Arkansas life. What a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. If you're here with us for the first time, please stand. What a beautiful family. Glad you're here. How's your daddy like that new farm? Minari keeps subverting our expectations. Jacob's suspicions of religion and superstition come to a head when he's offered the services of a water diviner, complete with the traditional dousing stick. And when the farm worker he hires regularly stops work to pray, often speaking in tongues while he does it, it's easy to wonder, like Jacob, whether we've stepped back into the dark ages. We need to find water somewhere. If you get soil ain't wet, you're going to lose the crop. Similarly, the fights between Jacob and Monica aren't cute disagreements like something out of the Waltons. They're bitter, drawn out and deeply disturbing for the children sharing the cramped conditions. But the courage of allowing characters to risk alienating audiences like this is what makes Minari so appealing, particularly, I gather, for immigrant families. Well, the other appeal is the American dream itself. It isn't to become good Americans. It's simply about the chance to dream of your own future. And that should be anyone's dream. Oh, pretty boy. Pretty boy. I'm not pretty. I'm good looking. It's no surprise that a Western like News of the World should wind up on Netflix rather than in cinemas. Despite the presence of star Tom Hanks and reputable director Paul Greengrass, Westerns remain terminally unfashionable. They're not fantasy or sci-fi. They're hardly known for their diversity, mostly appealing to straight white males. And how is a film set in the 1860s remotely relevant today? Where'd you serve, Kevin? They're Texas Infantry. What's your business up here? I read the news from town to town. I was headed down south. I found this child. Well, you could say character, morality and history are usually pretty relevant, but news of the world adds another wrinkle. Captain Jefferson Kidd retired from the army after the American Civil War and now travels Texas, reading to small towns, hungry for news from the world outside. So they pay you to tell stories. I ain't never heard of that as a thing a man can do. Well, it's not a rich man's occupation, as you can see. 
While riding to the next town, he discovers an upended carriage by the road and next to it, the murdered figure of an Indian agent. He was transporting a young girl. She'd been kidnapped by a Kiowa raiding party years before and the captain finds her hiding nearby. Hey! Stop! Stop! I'm not going to hurt you! Do you understand English? Dolly, I call that... Friend... She may be blonde and German-looking, but these days Johanna identifies as Kiowa. She can barely remember her original family from all those years before. The captain checks her notes and finds out the little girl's tragic story. says your name is Johanna Leonberger. Indians took you when they attacked your family six years prior. The mother, father and sister were... Well, they passed... In fact, Johanna was orphaned twice, first when she was kidnapped by the Kiowa and more recently when her Kiowa family was taken from her. The captain decides he has no choice but to take her back to her German family's relations further south. She's got family down in Castroville. Captain, why are you doing this? She needs to laugh and dream. She needs new memories. While News of the World is reminiscent of John Ford's famous classic, The Searchers, there are two major differences. First, it begins where that film left off. So what happens to the white girl brought up Native American? And what if Johanna is found not by the hostile racist played by John Wayne, but by a far more honourable character? Captain, you, Johanna. I do not have a clue as to the care of a child. It's a photograph. That's my wife. Tom Hanks has always had the innate decency of that other great Western actor, James Stewart. So that's the setup of News of the World, but like all good Westerns, the basic plot is only part of what the film is about. You can certainly handle a horse. But there's a horse. Captain. Captain. Make no mistake. Captain. The captain and Johanna's relationship starts with puzzled incomprehension on one side and outright hostility at times on the other before improving and deepening. And as they ride through the formerly Confederate Texas, they're confronted by a nation trying, often painfully, to rebuild after a terrible war. Roads closed. Is that the law? It is now. Texas, in particular, is struggling to come to grips with, to coin a phrase, a new normal. There are farming communities with an eye to the future and shady characters simply out to make a killing. And the ageing captain and his young companion look like easy pickings. Word is she's that captive out of Wichita Falls. What do you want? How much you want for her? This child is not for sale. And further ahead, rival communities have their own dreams, so to speak, to make post-war America great again. If anyone thinks the current problems in the States are new, says this film, well, think again. We're building a whole new world down here. The war's over. We have to stop fighting sometime. 
But the hook of the film is in the title, News of the World. The idea that stories, true stories from outside, can broaden our minds, entertain us, teach us, and take us somewhere else, if only briefly. Ladies and gentlemen, these are stories of men and women very much like you, waiting for better days to come. Newsreaders like Captain Kidd were the closest thing a pioneer town had to today's media. And this film reminds us that the fourth estate, despite recent evidence to the contrary, can and should be a power for good. Like a literate decent western starring Tom Hanks, in other words. Ah, you can't have her! And I'm taking her home! There's more to the English movie Ammonite than meets the eye, like Ammonites themselves, I suppose, which are the fossils of ancient marine creatures hidden in stones on seashores. Ammonite tells the story of one of the most distinguished early scientists in the field, self-taught paleontologist Mary Anning. It was a sea lizard. Six feet long. Days it took to dig it out, clean it. The fact that I, and probably you, had never heard of Mary Anning is mostly because of the politics of 19th century scientists at the British Museum. Not only would they refuse to give her credit, often they'd buy Mary's discoveries and then pass them off as their own. But within the scientific community, Mary was well known. It was she who'd discovered the first entire plesiosaur in Britain, what they called a sea lizard, when she was just a child. I was only 11 years old. It's in the British Museum. That one was special. Mary's lack of official standing wasn't just to do with her being a woman. No, like so many bad things in English society, it was mostly to do with class. She didn't belong to the Scientific Boys Club, the same rampant snobbery at the British Museum that cropped up in the recent film The Dig, set a hundred years later. Miss I've often heard your reputation discussed in the Geographical Society in London. Is there something you wanted, sir? But I digress. Mary, a wonderfully buttoned-up performance by Kate Winslet, makes a precarious living selling fossils in Dorset. One day she gets a visit from a fan, a wealthy would-be scientist, Roderick Murchison. Shop is closed, sir. I'm in awe, Miss Anning. Your skills are legendary. Here you are, at your work. In the 1840s, science was mostly the preserve of the rich. Only a gentleman could afford to do it. Murchison is certainly keen to learn from Mary Anning, but he also wants to help his ailing wife. Could Charlotte be induced to share his enthusiasm? My wife, she hasn't been at all well of late. She suffers from melancholia. I want her to walk the shoreline with you, learn from you. The last thing Mary wants or can afford is an assistant, particularly one with no experience. But Murchison makes her an offer she can hardly refuse, regular income for two months, even if Charlotte seems an unwilling apprentice. I'm not looking for an apprentice. I would pay a premium for a private audience. It's not easy work. 
Charlotte Murchison is played by Sasha Ronan, and it's a real treat watching the performances of two of the best in the business. Between them, they share a staggering 11 Oscar nominations. Their growing friendship, culminating in romance, is almost inevitable. Who wouldn't fall in love with Kate and Sasha? Don't like the what? What is it? Cheap tourist fodder. Beautiful. But, as I say, there's more to Ammonite than simply forbidden love. In fact, in this story, attitudes to women's friendships and more than friendships don't seem particularly judgmental or disapproving. It pleases me you struck up a friendship together. What is it? Something? Nothing? Whether this is because, like Queen Victoria herself apparently, most people at the time were unaware of lesbians, or whether they had enough on their minds simply getting by in the 1840s, director Francis Lee doesn't explore. It seems your Mrs. Murchison has been able to unlock something in you. Despite the real-life characters, both Charlotte Murchison and her husband Roderick were also genuine scientists. Ammonite is a work of fiction, but it's grounded in the reality of women pushed into the background by the powers that be. I don't want to go back to the life I had before you. What about my life? There's one scene that encapsulated Ammonite for me when Mary visits Charlotte at her townhouse in London. Mary is embarrassed when Charlotte kisses her in full sight of the family maid. But for upper-class Charlotte, the maid didn't really exist. Why did you not mention all this in your letter? I wanted to see the look on your face. You've presumed I'd just be fitted into your life here. Like one of my relics in your fine glass case. No, of course not. Will you label me too? No, that's not what I want. That's not what I intended. It's moments like this that lift Ammonite above the competition and will warrant, I'm sure, both Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan more Oscar nominations, even if, as usual, they'll probably be beaten out by something more obvious and less deserving. And in that repetition of an old story, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. Or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.